we can become great at doing the the things that we do well, the things that are, we focus on. Like I'm, I think our audience is great at selling liberty. I think we have yeah. been amazing at doing that. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. You start to ask questions that pique his interest and get him to feel like, okay, this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out. And then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems, build that natural trust. I know I went in the monologue there, man. (laughs) Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Thursday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on another fun-filled episode. Now, of course, I am your humble host, but today we are back in store for our sales solo shorts. Say that 10 times fast, I dare you. Jeremy Todd, he returns to the program, and I promise it is going to be a good one. So strap in, and with that being said, onto the show, Jeremy Todd here on The Brian Nichols Show. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. I am your host this morning, Jeremy Todd, and I want to take a moment to put and talk about a tool, and that's exactly what this is. It is a tool in your tool belt of persuasion. Now, um, the ideology I'm going to go through here uh, is not perfect. Um, it is not ideal. Uh, it doesn't uphold every libertarian value. What this is, is a tool for when you find yourself in conversations where someone generally has chosen safety over liberty. They just don't value liberty the same way that you do. And they believe people should sacrifice liberty in order to protect them or their safety. And that, you know, can't relate. Definitely not anything like that going on in 2021. This is a form of the dirty word compromise uh, that will at least allow you to walk away from the table with having planted the ideas of the importance of liberty in their minds but also showing that a world that remains libertarian in its structure can ultimately lead to the outcomes that they want, but voluntarily. So we're going to talk about something called libertarian paternalism. And I know off the top of your head that does not necessarily make a lot of sense. Are we talking about the paternal state? Well, businesses can practice libertarian paternalism. Individuals can practice libertarian paternalism. And it can actually, and has actually impacted uh, public policy in a lot of different ways. Um, So what is it? Libertarian paternalism is the idea that it is both possible and legitimate for private institutions like businesses and public institutions like government entities to affect uh, 
behavior while also respecting someone's individual freedom of choice. So, a couple rules when it comes to libertarian paternalism. This is the ability to use uh, small changes in environment, uh, small changes in, in the way things that are presented uh, to us, and that in no way remove an individual's freedom to choose. And it also in no way can participate in coercion. And that word gets thrown around a lot, so let me define coercion for you. Coercion is not persuasion. Coercion is not what we talk about here. Coercion is the practice of persuading someone to do something by using a force of threat. By using force or threat. So, this mandate that Joe Biden released on, what was it, last Thursday, a week ago now, um, that is coercion. You will do this or we will punish you. There is a threat tied to that. That is not libertarian paternalism. Some would say, oh, it preserves choice. You you get your, you, you can test or you can uh, get the vaccine and, and, and nothing will happen. Okay. But how do you go about getting people to do that? And it is through coercion and force. It was a threat. Do this or else. That is not libertarian paternalism. So libertarian paternalism is, it always protects an individual's right to choose freely. Number two, it does not use coercion in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Number three, it has to be very inexpensive. So no no $1,400 checks here. Uh, in libertarian paternalism, that doesn't work. You can't just spend a lot of money and pay people uh, to do your bidding. That does not fall in what is defined as libertarian paternalism. So those are three elements. And so then you take a look back and you go, okay, well, how can we influence behavior uh, in those ways? And the, it talks a lot about uh, in this, it's it's called libertarian paternalism. It's the ideology. Nudge theory is what's behind it. And we'll get into nudges here in a minute. But they talk about choice architecture. So what if instead of, and this is, this is to, again, compromise with the people who don't value liberty or don't see liberty the same way you do. What if we organize choices in a way so that more people, an overwhelming majority of people, selected the choice of doing the right thing. When those instances exist where doing the right thing is pretty clear and, and easy to determine. So choice architecture 
comes to a lot of things. Well, us being a free market bunch, we believe that more choices is good. Um, but that's not always the case. There is a, a piece in there where uh, people have choice overload. I'll, I'll, I'll go back for an example for you. So I um, started out my sales profession and career uh, selling Cutco kitchen knives in... Uh, and, and part of that was that you had to, uh, you know, go do this presentation in people's homes and compare it to their own knives. Well, I show up with a litany of different knives, a specialized knife for every tool, everything from a knife for filleting your salmon uh, to a giant, uh, a giant meat cleaver, uh, all the way down to tiny, precise hooked pairing knives that did specialty things. And the sales reps who got very, very excited about all the different knives would present them all to the customer and go, which one do you like? And they'd go, you like them all. You did a good job. Okay, which ones do you want to buy? Oh, I don't know. We just simply can't decide. They've been overwhelmed. What the best salespeople did is they took those knives and they they bunched them into sets. And they sold the customer on, okay, we have three options of sets. We have this big set of knives, we have this medium-sized set of knives, and we have this small set of knives. So rather than a customer facing literally hundreds of even thousands of choices on which knives they could pick and go through. We simplified it being the experts and went down to one, two, or three. That is a form of libertarian paternalism and a form of good choice architecture in that you still get the outcome and result that is desirable for both parties but you simplified the process. And by simplifying the process, everybody won. And that's an idea when it comes to reducing choice overload. Another is default. Um, it is an overwhelming number of people who simply accept whatever the default settings are on things. Could you imagine if you had to go through and select the settings on your computer? Every like when you buy a new computer, you have to choose every single thing. No, you just go with the default, and then if there's something you don't like, you go change it. So by changing the defaults, you can change the outcomes. So for example, um, a great one for this is automatic enrollment and employee 401k. Now There are, I know it was in the past that you had to proactively go and designate a certain percentage of your income be contributed to your company's 401k and they would match it up to certain benefits. And what they found is that there were uh, a lot of people who didn't necessarily immediately enroll. And that goes into the next issue in choice architecture is that that high time preference kind of deal 
where we tend to say a, a positive outcome today is worth it if even if there's a negative outcome tomorrow. Sound familiar? So if we change the default in somebody's choice and they are automatically enrolled in the company's 401k plan at the maximum percentage, at the end of the year, they will have actually made thousands of dollars more due to company contributions and matching and interest. Everybody wins. And so those are some examples of how you can set up options in a way that allows people to make it very easy to make a good choice in what is a free world. Because just like that 401k example, you can, you absolutely are free to go set that to zero. That's That's your choice. But it's about setting it up so that, and, and this is something that you can have and think creatively about with conversations um, when it comes to your friends. So, great example. Um, and this is this is, these are a few passive ones. What if we were able to largely eliminate? We're going to talk about a libertarian's favorite subject here. What if we were able to largely eliminate um, traffic tickets and police from the roads? What if you could ensure that people drove safely on roads? You could eliminate the speed limit. See, as a libertarian, the the thing is, I don't actually... Like, the problem I have with a speed limit isn't driving at a certain speed. I don't... I, I, I don't... I If there were no speed limit, I wouldn't be driving 110 uh, to McDonald's. Okay? it's It's really stupid. We all have the ability to make wise, smart decisions. But there are people that we are trying to persuade who believe that oh, the people would just, just drive however fast and endanger other people's lives on the road. Okay. So what is a libertarian paternalism solution? Well, we already have a great example of libertarian paternalism solution. See, um, I got to spend a week in Haiti, and you know what they don't have on their roads? Uh, lines. They don't have any lines on the road. It's absolutely insane. People are coming at you, going left, going right, all over the place. Um, so a very simple libertarian paternalism is lines on the road. Giving you a, a guide and a direction on where to be, where not to be. Something as simple as that can reduce negative consequences. Well, how do you keep people from speeding? Well, you can change the road surface. Um, you could look into technologies of, uh, there are uh, different ones where, uh, and, and they've tested this before, I believe, where you space horizontal lines on the road a certain distance uh, away from each other. And so you maintain that, you, you, you keep a gap of that, so imagine horizontal lines placed every 100 feet, 200 feet. And people will naturally keep that distance between them and the car in front of them. See, there are a lot of things that we 
don't get creative about solving in society and instead we infringe on people's liberties we 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 threaten them with violence we lock them in a cage all because we won't be creative or we're worried about the one in a million who will you know kind of buck the system and 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 be an outlaw well i got news for you that person is they're not really interested in your laws either um so anyway, that that's a that's a quick intro. I want to give you guys some some of my favorite examples on libertarian paternalism, and so those lines on the road. The default of setting your four hundred one k up to automatically invest, those are what's called nudges, and so creating nudges in the way people act when we're kind of on autopilot. Uh, to guide people to do the right thing can can lead to positive outcomes. So the one that is most famous is that there was an airport in 2009 in Amsterdam. And the airport installed little tiny stickers of houseflies on the men's journal. And so, fellas, we had something to aim at when we walked up to the urinal. And they say it reduced spillage. And cleanup needs by 80%. Something That's a great example of libertarian paternalism. You get people to behave, behave in a certain way that is good for everyone by doing something very small that helps them. Uh, another one, a store uh, pay and save. They placed uh, green arrows on the floor... From the entrance to the vegetable and fresh food aisle. And they let that run for a couple months. And they found that 9 out of 10 times customers followed them. Started there. And their sales of fresh produce skyrocketed. This happens to you a lot on menus. So they'll draw the attention of your eye by boxing something. Or changing the font on a product. But there's also... uh, something called the decoy effect or otherwise known as the anchoring effect. And so what uh, what they will do is at a restaurant, they'll put a very, very high-priced item in a section. So think of it as like a porterhouse. Uh, and it's twice as much as the ribeye that's one step down. Well, the ribeye is actually the... The, the product that they want to sell you. It's the one they're going to make the most profit off of. And so they upmark the porterhouse so high that people still feel like they're buying something very expensive on the menu when it comes to the ribeye steak. But uh, it's because, but they don't feel like they're being flashy or anything because it's, it's being compared to that. Um, putting smaller trash cans next to larger recycling cans, people are more likely to put um, their recyclables in the recycling bin. Just naturally because it's bigger. Um, Being able to uh, size down. So if you're trying to get people to eat healthier and maybe you make a larger profit margin as a company this way, but McDonald's had a lot of success asking people, would you like to supersize that? Well, studies have shown that you actually get a very similar response by asking the opposite. Do you want to downsize that? 
So there are a lot of ways that we could be creative and create the outcomes that authoritarians are are our very normie friends lean on authoritarians because authoritarians promise to deliver these things. Well, in reality, there are very creative answers through libertarian paternalism to solve these problems. Now, listen, I don't believe this is the end-all solution. But if it takes somebody that we are working on somebody that we've built rapport with, somebody that we're trying to influence to buy this message of human freedom and liberty. Presenting creative solutions that say, you know, look, here's a great way that you wouldn't have to depend on the violence or the threat of violence that the state brings to the table. Yet you could get and create a better society that you desire. So go explore behavioral economics, choice architecture, libertarian paternalism. Put it in your weapons cache. And let's go set the world free. Thank you so much. Trust the experts. We're all in this together. If it saves one life. Raise your hand if you heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty from the Sound Mind Creative Group is a brand new docu-series highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling the stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at the Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the liberty movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up our one-on-one with Jeremy Todd. And I say one-on-one, it was obviously a one-on-one with you, the audience. And I hope you got as much value as I did. I always find that we we all learn something as a team here uh, whenever we have our one-on-ones with the audience. So thank you, Jeremy, for helping us out this week with your sales solo shorts. Again, 10 times fast. You sent it to me. In, by the way, this is a really cool thing. Go to the website, briannicholshow.com. You can actually leave us a voicemail there on the sidelines. Uh, I say sidelines. You can tell I played football. And they've been watching a lot of football. They're on the uh, the sidebar. Go ahead. Click the little uh, microphone button. You can leave us a voicemail. If you say sales short solo solo short sales or the hell we said earlier uh i don't know i might go ahead and pick you to get a a free bumper sticker how about that a uh, don't hurt people don't take people stuff 
bumper sticker. I like it. Why not? So with that being said, folks, if you enjoyed the episode, please do us a favor, share today's episode. Also, make sure you tag Jeremy and give me a tag as well at B Nichols Liberty. Coming up here on Friday, Todd Kenyon from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, joins the program to uh, answer that question that we just got to answer it. And, and honestly, it starts with us asking it. Are the hospital numbers for COVID inflated? Well, we're going to dig into some articles and, well, the answer in short is yes. So make sure you've hit that subscribe button so you're not missing our awesome episode airing tomorrow. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Jeremy Todd. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.